You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the Pride of Detroit POD cast here again to talk about all things regarding the Detroit Lions and the fun times that are had in the wide, wide, wide world of sports going on here. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Uh, Jeremy Reisman is here, the fearless leader at Detroit on Lion. Hello. Howdy, 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 howdy. howdy. He's like Woody. And Ryan Matthews back is the rock guy. at Ryan underscore P-O-D. He's back. His streak was broken, but you know what? This means you start a new one. That just means that I'm Undertaker back from WrestleMania. I may have lost to Lesnar, but I'm here again. Yeah, yeah. Hooray. I mean, if you're going to put anywhere over, I guess. That, that just means that episode is eventually going to coast on that victory get a belt and then just coast as a, as a part-timer for multiple, multiple years because no one can else can fill its shoes. Can I, can I cash in my money in the bank right now to switch to football talk? Oh, Oh. look at him. (laughs) I've never been more. I've never been more proud of Jeremy in (laughs) my entire existence of knowing this man. (laughs) You know what? That's fine. Well, let's go straight to football because if if we don't, I'm very angry at some stuff happening today and I am liable to let the real world break in. So let's talk about the Detroit Lions this week on the POD cast. First list cast. The list cast is back and we're not just talking about N64 games. I wish I was just talking about N64 games with our old friend Evan at Big Slick McDick, which I, I don't know where he's been, but either way, wide receivers. Top 10 wide receivers for the 2018 NFL season. We are prognosticating that. But first, real quick, we're getting into it this segment. But two minutes on a report, Jeremy, on the Lions seeking to trade for Robert Gronkowski. Yeah, this somehow kind of slipped through everyone's radar last week. But Albert Breer uh, went on Colin Coward's radio show and just kind of dropped a nugget saying that uh, of the teams that the Patriots talked to, um, one of them was the Detroit Lions, and it's interesting because basically all of the teams that Albert Breer listed were teams that the Patriots have like underlings from. You know, they have like the Texans, they have Bill O'Brien, and and just like everyone from the Patriots tree got a phone call essentially. And so the Lions are obviously on that list too. It's someone that the Patriots I think are comfortable trading with, and obviously the Lions are comfortable trading with the the Patriots as well. Um, but you know, you know, we never know how. We never figured out how how deep these trade talks 
um, really went. The Patriots are obviously denying that any of this ever happened, which is what they would do if it did happen. And obviously Gronk didn't end up getting traded and he, he probably won't be at this point, but it's an interesting story to me because I'm wondering what Bob Quinn says on that call. What What is his limit? How much would he be willing to give up for Gronk? Ryan, would you buy a Rob Gronkowski Lions jersey, even knowing he might be a rental? Yeah, I mean, because we can't rent sports jerseys anymore because that service <laughs> tanked. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would buy a Rob Gronkowski Lions jersey only if he changes number to 69, though. That's not retired for anyone, is it? I think he's, I think he's still clear. Awesome. He, would have to, he would have to be a... An alignment, though. I but I mean, I couldn't could couldn't he just be a tackle listed as eligible for every play? I mean, that's what a tight end is—just a glorified tackle who's eligible to receive. <laughs> this is where I get on my rant talking about f- football offense should be all eleven. But let's not do that. Let's instead go on to list cast. I don't have a list cast. Uh, actually, wait—we do have the list cast music. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One. All right, let's start our list cast. This cast is back, baby. It's good again. Oh, Wolf Howl. Let's talk wide receivers. It has been a while. This is the first sign that the season is coming in, as Jeremy likes to say, when we start doing our positional list cast going around the NFL. Don't worry. Wayback Machine's coming up later, but we're giving the next two segments over to list cast. I would even say this is the triumphant return of the of the list. Triumphant cast. return that no, that's reserved for my columns. Oh, just you? I I just like overusing that phrase in general. I thought I thought you had said it's that every you. time I write a column now, it was going to be my triumphant return. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, nice to know that I'm not special. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about wide receivers, and I think this one's interesting for the Lions fans looking out here because. There's a couple of guys maybe on this list. Maybe. I definitely see them poking around. The question is who? Who wants to start us off in true list cast fashion? We are going to go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and then we will go to break and come back with 5, 4, 3, 2, and then 1. Well, let me let me preface this to saying if, if you're new to list cast, if you're new to the podcast every year, we do this, these positional lists, and they're based on expectations for the 2018 season not necessarily based like in a vacuum too so um you know marvin jones might have a ton of yards because he's on the lions offense but how would he do with other teams and we're not taking past years into consideration other than evidence as to how they may be at this point in their career but um yeah so it's in a vacuum how they would perform in the 2018 season and the inside joke is that i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) well that's no different than any other podcast that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's why I'm adequate. Now, who wants to go first? Jeremy, you go first, because I think that you, you spearheaded this whole, like, let's start with wide receivers. And then, I mean, both of us were, and I'm talking about Chris and I, were rather unprepared. So why don't you just why don't you kick things off? I made my list earlier today, and we decided on wide receivers yesterday. I only have my number one right now. Oh my God, Ryan. Wow, he's even less prepared than I am. (laughs) Oh, you guys' devotion to this podcast is just endless. Um, All right. Adequate. 
We're just going to have to change our name to the Adequate Podcast, and then I'm going to have to leave it because I'm more than adequate. Anyways. Oh, my I'm goodness. This is a heel turn. This is a heel <laughs> turn. Uh, all right. So, so my li- this was actually a really tough list for me because it feels like there's a changing of the guard coming at, at the wide receiver position. There's a lot of young guys that made my list, and some of the old guys are finding their way off the list. One of the young guys who actually had a pretty disappointing season last year by his standards, Mike Evans. Number 10 on my list. Four straight years, all four years, 100,000, 1,000 yards receiving. Um, you know, I, 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 I expect more of him. He's such a raw, talented guy, you know, tall, good with contested balls. I don't know if it's my dislike for Jameis Winston. I think, I think that Bucks team was way overrated last year, and it kind of proved to be true. And... But Mike Evans is a guy that I really like on that team, or a guy that I think is really talented, and I think maybe he'd be better on a better team. Okay, number nine. My number nine is one of the older guys starting to get pushed off the list, and that's A.J. Green. This is a guy who has 6,000-yard seasons in its seven career years, but last year he had the lowest yards per game of his career. He's usually averaging around like mid-80s up to 90 yards per game I believe this year he was just under 70 so clearly on decline he's 29 um I think I think he's peaked at this point in his career still an insanely talented guy again kind of in the same Mike Evans fold where he's just this big go-getter in terms of grabbing the ball but to me he's falling off a little bit and I think I think we may have seen the AJ Green peak you lie number eight continuing with the old person theme and this might just be my bias of how much I love the guy. He's probably my favorite NFL player outside of Detroit, Larry Fitzgerald. I don't need to say any stats about this guy. He's 34, but he's still bringing it. He's he's adapted to life after being an outside receiver and, and been a, a solid slot contributor. Um, I was so happy when he didn't when he decided not to retire. This is this guy's still really, really fun to watch, and he can do just about any, everything that he that any kind of slot receiver can. And he's still capable of making big plays, and he's got maybe the most reliable hands I've ever seen in the game. So I love Larry Fitzgerald. I think he belongs on the list, so I got him at number eight. Cool. Is Ryan ready to do 10-9-8, or should I go to try to give him some more time? Uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead? Okay, cool. Number 10. T.Y. Hilton. I know that we just had a massive argument today and people shouting and pissing all over the timeline about Matthew (laughs) Stafford and Andrew Luck and people just uh, mobbing up on some poor idiot from uh, DraftWire or whatever the hell it's called. But you know what? T.Y. Hilton is a fantastic wide receiver. And the fact that Andrew Luck's been away for so long, probably diminishing how much we appreciate him. He's been in the Pro Bowl four times. I think I think he's up there in age as well. I don't have his age in front of me. How do you know how old he is, Jeremy? Off the cuff, you I, seem to know everything. I don't know. Uh, I would guess he's. I think he's pretty young. I would guess like twenty six. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. But I mean, oh, no, still, he's twenty eight. He's twenty eight. So. Still, but still, four Pro Bowls. Still got a few more years of service. I think he's in the top ten regardless of who his quarterback is. And I think once he gets a quarterback and throw to him again, it'll just prove that all the more. Yeah. I mean, 
T.Y. Hilton actually, I mean, even last year finished fourth in the NFL in uh, yards per reception with 16.9. So, yeah. I mean, still still like a very lethal, like deep, deep threat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number nine for me is Mike Evans. And once again, I, I mean, I'm not as high up on Mike Evans as some other people, but I think this is about right where you want him. Uh, no matter who he's throwing to, I think we can all get off the uh, Jameis Winston train a little bit. But we can all appreciate Mike Evans for the, just the physical specimen that he is. Over a thousand yards passing last year. Uh, passing. First, Whoa. Uh, receiving. Don't do this to me. I just, I just had, <laughs> I just had a bowl here of, of whiskey. And you know that. Do not, do not tempt me. Drink it out of a bowl. I don't really? have any. I don't have any tumbler glasses. I have a rice bowl here instead. <laughs> what? You're I'm unemployed right now. Someone give me. Someone give me a job. I'm unemployed right now. Okay. <laughs> My number nine is Mike Evans. Number eight, and I'd actually originally was kind of moving him around last second here, and I have A.J. Green at number eight. I think he honestly probably deserves to be a little higher. Uh, I know Cincy Jungle gets mad at anyone who says he's not a top five wide receiver, but I think this is about right for him. You know what? I, I, I don't believe in him as strongly as I probably should. And yet, at the same time, I can't just pin all of the downfalls of that receiving game in Cincinnati on Andy Dalton. He's still top 10 in my mind, but I've got reservations about him. Can, can I say for a minute, I didn't hear a word you said right there because I've been picturing you next up next to your cat who's licking milk out of a saucer, and you're just next to him <laughs> licking whiskey out of a, a matching saucer. That would not be far from the truth. <laughs> Except I'm tilting the bowl. I'm not licking it. Goddamn heathen. <laughs> so people drink sake in some other countries. I don't know. Ryan, are you ready yet? Yeah, I mean, I'll... Um, yeah, let's go. Oh, Jesus. All right. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Considering I think I may be the only person who's going to do some home cooking here. Number 10, I have Golden Tate. I was... You know what? I'm real, I was really close on either Lions wide receiver. Because let me just put that here like... Marvin Jones finished second last year in DYAR and third in DVOA. And Golden Tate, I believe, was 16 and 27 in those respective stats as well. But go, go on. I want to I know why you said Golden Tate. And, and like, yeah. And I mean, and, and to, to boast some more stats, Golden Tate finished seventh among all wide receivers uh, pro football focus with a, a overall grade of 85.4. So, I mean, here's the thing about Golden Tate. And I this is more of a narrative i guess about the lions wide receiver core as a as a unit and kind of the general disrespect that they've been getting over the you know past couple of weeks here uh you know uh Kel uh danny kelly from um the ringer put out a list of the top 10 wide receiver units in the nfl and the lions were nowhere to be seen and I just find that bizarre. And the reason that I'm going to put Tate at 10 instead of Marvin Jones is because Tate has just been much more consistent. Yes. I Marvin. Jo yeah. I mean, Marvin Jones last year led the league in yards per reception, which is an incredible stat to add to the fact that he was, you know, um, you know, he was a good, uh, he was a good player beyond that um, had, you know, uh, 60 some odd receptions, you know, over a thousand yards, a great season for him in his own right, but Golden Tate has been doing this for years. Ever since he got to Detroit, he hasn't had a season in which he's had less than 90 receptions. Now, 
if anybody wants to counter that and say that, look, look at Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry had 112 receptions last season. Where is Jarvis Landry in terms of yards per reception? Or what is Jarvis Landry doing, you know, beyond that? Jarvis Landry is a poor man's Golden Tate. So, I I mean. I I get what you're saying. And I I also would have put Golden Tate over Marvin Jones had either of them made my list. They, they didn't, spoiler alert. But I, I think it's because Golden Tate, to me, seems a little more versatile in terms of his skill set. Like, we may be doing something there where, again, because he's sharing time with Marvin Jones, that's just diminishing him for us. Like, is it kind of that same situation? Like, I almost put Doug Baldwin on this list, but it was kind of that. That's, I mean, and just that just got me thinking again to like, you know, that was the whole thing with Golden Tate on the Seattle Seahawks, splitting all that time. And right. to their credit, I, I've looked at a few other people's wide receiver top 10 lists, and like Reggie Wayne put out one. Golden Tate was on his almost in. So, yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy I'll, I'll let you get to your point, but answer this question and then get into your point. Like, Golden Tate, if he plays for the Miami Dolphins last season, is he catching 112 passes? I think for From, sure he is. <laughs> Oh, Maybe. hold up, hold up. From from smoking Jay Cutler, he's catching <laughs> that many passes. I don't know, man. It's a fair point to make. I, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say I do have Jarvis Landry on my list, and I think age is a, is a big factor here because I do think Golden Tate's time is, is ticking while, you know, Jarvis Landry is only 25. But, yeah, my, my other point was just going to be that Marvin Jones – I don't see him as a as a very good route runner. I think his his specialty is very important, very valuable, which is making contested catches. That's something that the Lions hadn't really had uh, outside of Calvin Johnson before. But to me, Golden Tate, you know, we talked about it a bunch of times. The offense has been centered around him, and he's made the Lions offense go. And so, yeah, I would put him above Marvin right. Jones, but neither of my list. We, we're at 17 minutes and we got to roll on this thing. So what else you got on your list? You run. All, right, all right. I know I'm, I'm taking it long. Uh, I'll, I'll run through these real quick. Then number nine, I have AJ green. Um, he's also like you guys had already mentioned, he's a guy who's kind of getting a little bit long in the tooth. Um, but he also definitely isn't benefiting from eight, you know, from Andy Dalton throwing him the football or whatever hodgepodge of, you know, quarterbacks that they got throwing him the football. So AJ Green is still he's still that guy. I feel like he could benefit from having another quarterback in that situation. Uh, quick sidebar, I know we're over on time, but like the reason we started Listcast is because we the, the Ringer started doing these kind of like positional rankings, and I forget who it was on there, but they listed Andy Dalton ahead of Aaron Rodgers on like their inaugural oh, that's positional right. rankings. So like I just want to always constantly remember you know those people. That like I mean, just because the ringer is a name doesn't mean you shouldn't be listening to the Pride of Detroit podcast because we have better insight than they do. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, then my number eight, um, I think I have a name here. Yeah, number eight, Stefan Diggs. I think Stefan Diggs is legit. Like, like Adam Thielen's cool. Like he's a good story and he's a really good receiver. But like Stefan Diggs just like has like home run potential. I mean, he's one of those guys who I really truly think could be like. You know, you know, T.Y. Hilton, like, you, you know, add add Kirk Cousins to the mix. And I, I do think that at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins is an upgrade from Case Keenum. Um, that that passing attack is going to be really good. And I mean, you know, we, we talked about if the Minnesota Vikings were lacking anything last season, you know, their team in terms of their offense kind of fell off a little bit after they lost Dalvin Cook. 
You have Dalvin Cook. You add Kirk Cousins. Those receivers, I don't think they're being overhyped. A lot of people are saying, you know, that saying that Thielen and Diggs are, you know, one of the best wide receiver combos. I think Bucky Brooks said that they were the best wide receiver combo. That may be a little bit much, but I, they definitely belong in anybody's like top five conversation for sure. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're way over. So we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back with the rest of this cast in the next segment. And I want to talk more on Stefan Dix because, spoiler alert, he's coming up soon on my list cast. Listcast continues here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, Jeremy, I think we actually had you going first last time. Uh, So you want to do your seven and six in the round? Sure. Absolutely. And then we'll do five, four, three very quick, and then two, and then one. All right. My number seven, Keenan Allen. And I know we're going to hear that name a little bit later from a certain person on this list, almost certainly Mm. higher than where I currently have him. But uh, I believe he was third in the NFL in receiving yards last year, over 100 catches as well. Um, this guy, if he hadn't gotten injured that 2016 season, I think he'd be all over everyone's list here because this guy is a star. He's reinvented the slot position, essentially. He's he's mastered it. And I don't think enough slot guys get enough love on lists like this. I think we tend to favor guys that are bigger and taller and physically imposing. But Keenan Allen has carved himself quite a career already, and I think it's only going to continue. He's only 26 years old, so he's still got plenty of years ahead of him. He's been the only thing keeping that Chargers offense going. Um, I'm a big fan of Keenan Allen. So I'll move right to my number six then. Number six, yep. Are I got nothing to add to that. Silence and awe. Um, my twenty, my ugh, my number six, Michael Thomas. Uh, I've been sleeping on Michael Thomas. I'm not gonna lie; I haven't seen a ton of him play, but the stats are kind of irrefutable. This is a guy, 104 catches last year, 1,200 yards, um, and he's he's done it for a couple of years now. And obviously, the New Orleans offense tends to inflate. I think some of these guys' stats, but Michael Thomas is a guy that has demanded my attention more and more as his, as his young career has gone on. And uh, I, I think he's only going to continue to get better, continue to be a, a bigger part of that Saints offense that, that is so well balanced too. So the fact that he can pull in 1200 yards on a team that runs the ball really well, that's pretty impressive to me. So I think Michael Thomas deserves to be very near the top five. I have him just outside number six, but he's knocking on the door. I'm going to have to institute like time policies on this thing next time around. I swear. <laughs> All right. Number seven for me, Stefan Diggs. And I, I agree with Jeremy saying he's up and comer here. I'm putting him above Adam Thielen quite well. And y'all better be ready for this Vikings offense when it comes around this time in September. <laughs> this, um, is, this is hilarious because last year I was the one saying all the same stuff. Now I think everyone's a little too overhyped on him, to be honest. I don't have Diggs or Thielen on my list. I don't, I don't think they're there yet. I thought, oh, no, that was, was Ryan who just said Stefan Diggs. No, I, I've seen enough out of Stefan Diggs, those flashes, to say that he's there. I'm, I'm very curious to see what he's got with a new, with a new quarterback. I, I'm really curious to see. And uh, I'm 
just going to say right now, like Vikings, as long as they don't get the injury bug, might be pretty good. Number six, Michael Thomas. Once again, um, you know what? Props to Ryan on this one because Ryan put me up to him. What was it? A couple of years ago in fantasy, you kept telling me to keep an eye on Michael Thomas. Yeah. And, when he was uh, a rookie. I, yeah. When he, yeah. And I didn't listen back then. I, I listened for a couple of weeks, got a few points out of him, dropped him. He put up a lot <laughs> more points and uh, no, he's going to keep getting really good. And he's going to see Drew, Drew Brees off into those twilight years. It's going to be magical. Ryan, your chance to do seven and six. All right, seven. I'll be short. I'll be sweet. I'll be to the point. Jeremy already mentioned him. Larry Fitzgerald. I don't care. He's the OG. I'll put him above some guys that are like kind of like on the border. Like I'll always put Fitzgerald above Green. Um, I'll put Fitzgerald above Diggs until he does like until he has like a season. Like I mean, like he had a season last year. But he didn't have a season, you know. So. Um, yeah, I, I I'm super interested to see like what Arizona does this season with um you know what they have Bradford there, you know maybe Rosen might play a little bit once Bradford gets injured. Um, I say that like it's like it's a certainty, it's certainty, <laughs> right? So, um, so yeah, I got Fitzgerald at seven. Uh, number six, Michael Thomas. We've talked about him enough. I mean, all guy, number six. That's hilarious. That's yeah, that is kind of funny, and that wasn't by design at all, by any means. But um, he, I know you're just copying I mean, my list as you go. It's fine. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> he's uh, he, he's just he's he's so he's he's so good. Like especially for that Saints, you know that Saints offense. Um, I, I just I like him a lot. I mean, uh, I didn't want to get too heavy into this, but like nine targets in the red zone, seven receptions. Uh, just a, a a really good, you know, a, a red zone target for the uh, for the Saints. Um, whereas the guy who did not make my list, who made both of your guys' list, Mike Evans, um, had nine red zone targets and one catch. It's because he had T's Tabor on them on him that one time. All right, five, four, when three. I, when I throw when when I throw a softball to Jeremy, he hits it out of the park. <laughs> five, four, and three goes to you, Jeremy. All right. Number five, the aforementioned Jarvis Landry. Two straight seasons of 110 catches. Yes, a lot of those are very short, very easy catches. But, I mean, when you have to carry an offense, he carried an offense. Not that the Dolphins were one of the best offenses in the league, but this is a guy, I mean, he's getting the ball that many times for a reason, right? And you can't just, you can't just, you know, catch 110 passes with ease. It still requires a fair amount of skill. I don't care how many bubble screens you're throwing to him. Um, not a lot of receivers can can carry that sort of load. So, and the guy's only 25. He's only going to continue to get better. I think, I'm not saying this is a year necessarily that he passes Golden Tate in terms of efficiency, in terms of talent, but it's going to be close. I, I think I think you're seeing a bit of a, a changing of the guard, and there's a reason why he just got a monster contract. He's He's very, very good. My number four goes to someone who didn't have much of a, uh, a season due to injury a couple years ago, but returned to form eventually. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. Guy makes highlight reel catches because he's a super talented guy. He's also, I think also just his speed is underrated because he'll take a slant. And if he has even one step on that cornerback and the safety takes a bad angle, he's gone. Yep. He good. He very good. 
We'll talk to him when he gets to our list, up to our list. You've got one more here, Jeremy. Are we losing him? Oh, okay. Can you not hear me? Can you hear me? Go, go ahead. Go you. ahead. Go ahead. What's your three? Uh, okay. Uh, after a little about him, my number three, Julio Jones, Mr. Holdout himself. Uh, there's <laughs> not much I need to say about Julio Jones. His catch in the Super Bowl was one of the most amazing things I've ever saw. And then it got out and then it got outclassed by uh, who was Julian it? Edelman? Edelman? Yeah. It was just like, it's sad that that Julio Jones catches is not going to be remembered for how critical it was at that point in the game. But that's something he's capable of. He's capable of really just about anything. The only reason I, I dropped him out of my top two this year's is, is just age again. I think, you know, there's a reason he's, he's trying to get a cash grab here. He's 29. Maybe he has one or two more contracts left. Uh, he, he, his talent hasn't really diminished to his credit, but I just fear that if we're talking about 2018 of the top three guys that I have, he's, he's the, uh, the most likely candidate to, to drop, uh, drop his production. I would say in, in 2018. My number five is Julio Jones. And I think I do kind of worry about some of the drop in production there. And more, more in the fact that I just I feel like, as you see the rest of my list here, some of these guys are just pushing him out due to age or anything else. Mm-hmm. So it's not anything Julio's done. It's just I think that uh, he's amazing. He's wonderful. And there's some young guns that are going to gun for his seat this year. Number four for me, Odell Beckham Jr. And I want to pose this question to you guys. To you guys. Do you think that we devalue Odell a bit because of his outbursts? Do you think people like devalue his? Because I see some people really lay into him anytime he opens his mouth. Oh yeah, I think there's absolutely some of that going on. I think a lot of people kind of factor that into whether someone's good because a lot of people view those kind of outbursts as as an as a bad teammate. And in some cases, it is a bad teammate. I don't know if it is with him because I never talked to his teammates. But um, yeah, that can that can rub people the wrong way, and I think that deserves to at least be part of the equation. You think Ryan? Does something have to do with OBJ's reputation based on the fact that he punches those kicking nets on the sidelines <laughs> or that he punches drywalls in locker rooms? I feel or like if we change or, or that he gets on boats or that he gets on boats. <laughs> Well, except for the last one there, except for that last one there, I feel like if we changed a couple elements of Odell Beckham Jr., suddenly it's he's a strong competitor. But we're not. Yeah, I mean, some somebody made that comparison, right, between him and Brady. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, dude, I love Odell Beckham Jr. He's so good. There's also a little bit difference between the quarterback and and wide receiver position, right? Well, I mean, I would say those outbursts should be looked down on even even worse if you're a quarterback. Then you're supposed to be the leader. You can't be having emotional outbursts. You what know what? This? What are we doing? I don't, dude. I'm not trying to hot take right now, but like the wide receivers are most often looked at as prima donnas, right? It's all about like throw me the ball, throw me the ball. Like they don't. As have I the said, if we change a couple of elements, yep, yep, right. Yep. I know yeah, where you're going, but like. And, but but to add on to that fact, like why did like Cam Newton gets labeled as a prima donna, but he's not a wide receiver. But he also has something in comparison with Odell Beckham Jr. I'm just saying. Boy, there's some people. It's going to be interesting when we get to the quarterbacks list cast because there's some people who don't think Cam Newton is good anymore. It's very odd. Not me. 
Anyway, my number three, and have we have we mentioned him yet? Keenan Allen. I did have Keenan Allen on my list. Yeah, he was my number yeah. seven. Third in wide receivers last year for yards on reception. Uh, let's see here. 18, 18 catches over 20 yards. What is it? Six touchdowns. That, that can't be right. Just six touch, six touchdowns. Yep. Uh, third in DYAR, 14th in DVOA. I, look, we, we, we try to label these guys whether or not on what their quarterbacks are. I get it. He's for the LA Chargers, the number two team in LA. Boy, that sounds weird to say. He's with a quarterback who may not, he may not have for much longer, who I think, I think we forget Phillip Rivers a lot of the times for various reasons. Mostly because he was playing in San Diego, most be, mostly because uh, just, yeah, doesn't really go anywhere. As far as playoffs. <laughs> he wears a bolo tie. He gets points in my book for that. But Keenan Allen, very good. I think this year he's, Keenan Allen, I believe is what, 26? Yep. So he, he'll be 26 for the 2018 season. I expect him to have a pretty monster year. Ryan, it's your turn. Five, four, and three. I love that. Great segue. Number five, Keenan Allen. The only reason that Keenan Allen is number five on my list is because he's still trying to get over that injury bug. And last season, he did a pretty good job of it. Um, I mean, this is a guy who ended up finishing. uh, He finished number five on pro football focus in terms of wide receiver grades. Uh, He may not have been super productive in terms of like catching touchdowns, but I mean, 87.1 yards per game. I mean, that's a guy who catches passes and you know, does something with it, you know, finish third in DYAR three in DVOA. Um, just a good player. And in terms of uh, red zone receiving stats, there was only one player who had more uh, targets than him in the red zone. That was Jimmy Graham. Keenan Allen had 15 targets, caught seven passes for four touchdowns. So this is a guy who gets it. Yeah. I mean, he gets it done inside, outside, like Jeremy mentioned. Um, just a really versatile receiver. Just needs to be healthy. Uh, the next guy on my list, number four, is Julio Jones. Oh. I was gonna put I was gonna put Terrell Owens here. Um, <laughs> dude, I love that. that that Instagram video was so good because he ran that four four three according to Julio, and he goes, "You were gliding." <laughs> um, somebody sign Terrell Owens, please, because that'll be the most interesting subplot to the NFL. That'll be amazing. Sure. What if he gets signed before Dez does? Oh my! I will beat my head through a wall on Facebook Live. I was about to say I've been noticing we've been missing someone out. Yeah, yeah. Julio Jones number four. I was wrong on Dez. I've had him on my top list for years, and I think I might be wrong on him. I think he's not a top ten receiver anymore. Wonder why? Yeah, the num the numbers don't necessarily back it up, but you feel like the talent's there. Like you feel like there there's just something amiss. But yeah. Julio Jones, number four. It's not a slight to him at all. It's just I think that the three guys that I have above him are better than him. It's like... Well, who's your number three? OBJ. OBJ. Let's do it. Everything about Odell Beckham Jr. just, like, screams that, like, when he's healthy, he's a better receiver than Julio Jones. And this kind of goes to, like, what Jeremy was saying about, you know, we kind of fall in love with those receivers who play on the outside. Like... Julio Jones, like Julio Jones, plays so well outside. But like Jeremy said, Odell Beckham Jr. Every time he catches the ball, he's got the chance to go for six. Every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, one hundred eight point eight yards per game as a rookie. 
you know, follows that up with 1,450 yards the next season and 13 touchdowns over his first three seasons. I mean, last season was cut short due to injury, but like those first three seasons, 35 touchdowns in three years. I mean, never a season less than 1,300 yards or 91 yards or, or 91 receptions. Odell Beckham Jr., he's just that dude. And I, I really hope they get somebody there other than Eli Manning. All right. Um, do we all have the same number one? I think we all have the same number one and number two. Nope. Nope. Well, nope. My okay. number one's different. Okay, well, let's... Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go back to you, Ryan, because I want to know who your two and one are. They've got to be the same guys, just in a different order then. Yeah, they are. Number two oh, is Antonio okay. Brown. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown is really good. He's, I mean, like, all-time good. Like, first ballot Hall of Famer, good. Yeah. Every Everything about Antonio Brown is awesome. So why are you putting DeAndre Hopkins above him? Because, dude, Nuck is so... I was going to so say. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm enamored with the, I am enamored with DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. Like, <laughs> like... Tell tell me a guy who's had to put up with more shit as a wide receiver <laughs> than, than DeAndre Hopkins. Like, the laundry list of trash-ass quarterbacks, they've walked through that locker room, and DeAndre Hopkins just has been like, you know what? I, I just got to go up and get it. Like, I will I never... Gotta, I just got to go do it. I will never forget how, when they brought in Bill O'Brien as their head coach, the word was because he can draft his own quarterback because that's what he was good at. That was like his whole shtick was quarterback training and everything. That's what got him the Penn State job. Famously gave us Christian Hackenberg. Hack and watch, rest in peace. And like it, it just sat there. It sat there like a moldy, stale fry on the side of the highway for, what is it, four or five years before they finally got Deshaun Watson. And now look at Deon- De- DeAndre Hopkins shine. Yeah. Well, Look at yeah, it. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, and he only gets like a few games of Deshaun Watson, and he ends up only a few. <laughs> yeah, he ends up leading the league in touchdown receptions with thirteen. Okay, let's put into context what he had to put up with the years before that. Last year it was Brock Osweiler. Okay, in twenty fifteen it was Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, T.J. Yates, and Brandon Whedon. <laughs> Are any of those guys even a third string quarterback? <laughs> No, some of them the don't year, even make practice the year, fly. The year before that, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, ironically enough, Case Keenum. Um, but Ryan Mallett, Tom Savage. Like, are you I remember me? Tom Savage. I remember the Tom Savage era. Yeah, well, right. I mean, remember the Tom Savage era was because he was a Bill O'Brien guy, and oh, Bill O'Brien was gonna turn Tom Savage oh, into hell oh. of a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Raw, well, raw, well, and TJ Yates and Matt Schaub. Come on. It's Give me, it, if, you know what? If I want one thing out of the NFL season, I want 16 games of Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins because that will equal amazingness. That that wins the AFC South easily, right? Like 100%. that plus the Texans defense, yeah. A- absolutely. Andrew Luck is still throwing high school footballs. <laughs> and I don't, and, and I don't, believe, don't believe in Bortles? Bortles Jaguars. You don't I believe don't in Bortles? Believe... I like Bortles. No, I don't <laughs> like Bortles. I get everything you are saying, but and I agree with all of it. But Antonio Brown is is he's a space alien who catches fire footballs. up chips. 
fire up chips in, indeed but he's a space alien that catches footballs first in dvoa first in dyar 100 uh, 1500 yards nine touchdowns over 109 yards per game like i i, I don't know what else to say about him maybe the injuries got us worried a bit but like he's the best you call him a space alien. He should be the space lieutenant of the space, space force. Space force. <laughs> See, here I was trying to avoid the real world today. You know? Ryan, who brought up local news. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I, I can't, I can't put Hopkins above Brown yet. I think part of the reason is Brown makes look everything look so effortless. He makes everything. He makes football look easy. He makes it look like Ninja makes Fortnite look. It's easy. It's ridiculous. And DeAndre Hopkins, if you're looking for a highlight reel, there's no one better than DeAndre Hopkins. The the catch he made, I think it was on Christmas. Yes. Uh, was yes. Insane. Insane. Yes. He tips it to himself Christ. and toe taps. Unbelievable. There are things Speaking that DeAndre Hopkins can do that no one else in the league can do. I will admit that. Ben, As- but Antonio Brown, he just makes everything like he's so good at his job that it looks easy. It's ridiculous. I, as you're saying this, I see someone retweeting uh, someone named Brad Kelly who's showing a DeAndre Hopkins on a vertical set versus Jalen Ramsey, and just, my God, yeah. But, yeah, no. Antonio Brown's number one for me and Jeremy. Two for, for Ryan, who swaps him with DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's it for ListCast. You guys feel good? We did it, guys. We did yeah, it. That was, I think that was more than adequate. Uh, we're going to have to try to cut back on time. I'm going to have to really install a timer or something to get us through these things faster. But That's, that was we can do it. Our Wayback Machine is in a very exciting game. So well, we, can, we can cut that short. Guess what? We're jumping in it anyway. We'll be right back. the high fashion hotline help our family's going to a big football game this weekend and i want to get us on the jumbotron in some fresh new styles sprint over to old navy old navy yep old navy's giant thank you event is happening now get 30 percent off your purchase or 40 percent off when you use or open an old navy credit card at old navy or old navy.com 40 percent off wow that's a huge score better hurry it ends sunday time to huddle up and head to old navy high fashion old navy valid 926 to 930 excludes in-store clearance register lane items gift cards jewelry today only and two-day only deals 40 percent offer subject to credit approval do I have to keep doing the sound every time? Yeah, Probably dude, the you're still Okay, do it. sure, yes, doing it. Oh, ow, ow, that hurts a lot. Oh, I've, I've had a raspy throat here, and that just really ruined it. <coughs> Sorry, give me a second. All right, Carolina Panthers 27, Detroit Lions 24 at a crushing, resound, uh, a crushing defeat at home that uh, I, ooh, I'm, Man, man, this was not a pretty game. I know it looks close in the end, but we're going to talk about why that score is a damn lie very shortly. And this was the start of, I think, a skid where we started to realize, hey, this Lions team maybe isn't going to be going as far as we think. And, And, you know, Ryan asked that question a couple weeks back. When was the point in the season where I started to turn on this Lions team? And I know it's quick. But it was this week because this was back-to-back weeks in which the Lions just got torched through the air. And I know they picked off Matt Ryan, what, three times in that game. But 
basically every other against pass the Falcons, that he threw. Yeah. yeah, yeah, against the Falcons. Basically, every other pass that Matt Ryan threw was a completion and was to a wide open guy. And you look at Cam Newton's stats this game. 26 of 33, 355 yards, averaging over 10 he yards gained, per he attempt. Out, he outgained Matt Stafford by over 120 yards. Yeah, and on two less passes, two fewer passes. Yeah. Uh, 141 insane. passer rating. He he torched the Lions up and down this game. Um, it, it to, to Lions' credit, they stopped the run in this game. 28 rushes for 28 yards for the Panthers. That was good. At this point in the season, Lions' run defense continued to look pretty good. I will give them that. That's that's about to change, but uh, this is the game I think that that Haloti Nada was injured in. Is that I'm, I'm right in that, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Uh, correct. But yeah, this is where I really, really started to worry about the defense because it was the same things that started showing up last year when the defense was struggling, and that is. Covering tight ends because a guy named Ed Dixon, Ed Dixon, baby, and torched the lines up on two huge plays. Ended up with five catches for 175 yards. Anyone want to guess how many yards he had on the season? I think that was about it. Not many more. Yeah, that was it. Like 400, 437 total. So he had over a third of his yards in this game alone, and he played all 16 games, mind you. Is that better or worse than the year prior when was it? Yeah. The year prior where we got torched by uh, who was the wide receiver with the Polish name for the Houston Texans, whose name I, I can't remember him otherwise, no, but yeah, no, it was, a, it was, a, it was a tight, tight end Fedorowicz or something. Yeah. CJ Fedorowicz. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like covering tight ends was a huge problem in 2015. So we were like going into 2016, we got a whole new Jared Davis and Jalen Reese Mabin and a whole new crew. They're going to be so much better. And turned out not so much in this case. Ryan, you were, uh, you were there at this game, right? Was this your turn to yeah. go to the board field? Mm-hmm. What'd you, yeah, what were your thoughts? So early on, like the Lions offense was pretty good. Psych. It was bad. It was so bad. Like, <laughs> Like the 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 only reason the Lions scored early on is because they benefited from an offsides play, um, where Stafford threw up a deep pass to uh, Marvin Jones and it got a pass interference penalty. They got all the way down to the twelve yard line, and then this is the game where I don't think I've ever heard anybody, I don't think I've ever heard a stadium boo louder for a like a home team player than they did for Eric Ebron. Cause this was the game where he dropped like that touchdown pass in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they, and they ended up settling for a field goal. And then this was when like the trade rumors, like just started like going like off the rails about like him being, you know, shopped and everything like this, this, that, and the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, the lions offense was bad, like for the majority of the game. And then, this was the game where it kind of seemed like, you know what? The Lions defense is getting torched by Cam Newton. Let's not forget that this was literally the game after. I mean, let me put this into context too. Eric Ebron got booed so loudly after he dropped that, you know, pass in the end zone. It was louder than Cam Newton got booed. And this was the week that Cam Newton was going into after he made the comments to the female reporter oh, yeah. about routes. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Like, Cam Newton was kind of, like, public enemy number one coming into the game, and I felt like that was, like, a general consensus. Like, that got enough of national exposure that he would get booed. He got booed pretty good 
like in in pregame introductions. But man, Ebron was just like you would have thought that he played for like the Chicago Bulls and was wearing number twenty three. <laughs> yeah, man. Like this is this is where I kind of thought everyone was getting like I, I get it. He dropped a touchdown pass, but just I don't know. It wasn't yeah. a good game for Ebron, but like it, it was really bad in this game. But I mean, granted, it it's not like anyone else was doing anything. Golden Tate had like four catches for about 24 yards. I think that's about right. I could maybe even less than four catches before the flurry of two of touchdowns at the end of the uh at the end of the game, which we will get to shortly to try to make mm-hmm. this at least a respectable game, but and then, yeah, Marvin Jones was looking pretty threadbare for a while. Yeah, okay, so Golden Tate, I'm just kind of going through the game log here. Golden Tate actually had, like, yeah, three, Golden Tate, three of his of his, of his five receptions came in those last two touchdown drives for the Detroit Lions. So he wasn't having a good day either. Marvin Jones, only about 54 yards for the day. So like it, the, the the Panthers had shut down nearly everything, and they were just playing prevent at the end because they knew they could let the Lions do that. Right, a couple of Darren Fells touchdowns later, the game was like faux close, but it wasn't really close. Like no, and people were like starting to talk about. Here was the thing because I saw the the broadcasters doing. I saw some Lions fans doing it, talking about oh, watch out, here comes you know Matt Stafford coming from behind again. But I think all of us here at Pride of Detroit in the Slack and on Twitter were all like. No, this is this is this is false hope. This isn't well, gonna happen. I'm not hundred percent with you there. The only reason being if if Matthew Stafford would have had a final shot at this game, I think he probably would have. I mean, Lions scored touchdowns on their final two drives. The problem was the defense. And they yeah. came very close to getting that last stop that they needed, if you remember. They, the Panthers were in a third and nine right before the two minute warning. Yep. yep. And they completed that pass to Calvin Benjamin for a first down. If if the Lions get a stop there, I think they probably win this game completely undeservedly so. But I think they win this game because that's what the Lions have done in the past two years is is really turned it on in the fourth quarter. Matthew Stafford's a genius in the fourth quarter, and if they would have gotten a shot, then I I think they probably would have won this game. But they certainly looked like Maybe. the worst team on the stage. Maybe, but I I just terrible. think of yeah, this was the game where here here's the thing too: the Panthers were three and one. Lions were three and one. This seemed like where it was a game where it was like, okay, the Lions lost to the Falcons, but you know what? They're going to prove that they're better than any of those teams in the NFC South by like stomping out the Panthers at home. And the Panthers just took them to task. They took them. Yeah, to this them. was done at home too. This was yeah. done. This was done at Ford Field too, where it's like, I think there's a narrative to be said here. The Lions are getting better. Even even though the home crowd, I feel like depending on what the Lions' record can be, the home crowd is a bit of a wild card. Sometimes when they're on the side of the Lions, it's a very strong home presence. When they're against the Lions, man, there's there's got to be no more debilitating sound than yeah. hearing Lions fans booing their own yeah. team like as harshly as they do. Hey. Like that that home crowd will turn on you faster than a smart crowd in Philadelphia. <laughs> Here's. Here's a stat that we haven't talked about, which was so entirely important for this game, especially going into the game that we're going to talk about next week. Matthew Stafford was sacked six times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
fumble, fumbled on two of them. One of them was recovered by Carolina and that set them up in, in shop of, you know, um, you know, scoring territory. But there was a point in this game where the Lions had four drives and their four drives went for negative five yards. It 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 was bad. It was really, really bad, which makes yeah. me it, which makes me kind of put put myself on the fence in between you and Chris, Jeremy. Like, yes, like the Lions had Jeremy's gonna hate the word, but like they had momentum, like from the two touchdowns that they scored, you know, with, with Darren Fells. But at the same time, like it just seemed like this game like did not belong to the Lions at all whatsoever. So sure. it even seemed like, you know what, if the Lions tried to mount some comeback, the Panthers would just turn up the pass rush and there would be nothing the Lions would be able to do to stop it because Yeah, it, it just it they, just they felt could. like they were just playing prevent because they knew they could burn up the clock because they knew again that the Lions like that they they could offer them no resistance on on def, on defense, even though I know they went three and out in that last play, but I think they were going pretty conservative. If what I'm looking here is right, like yeah, yeah. John Stewart up the middle, and then like a sack on third and ten for them. So I mean, mm-hmm. like, it, but we this is this is kind of in the the uh, polar opposite still though, Ryan, of the Atlanta game. You know how we talk uh, during the Atlanta game about where the Lions, you know, they deserve to steal a game. If because I they, think good yeah. teams are able to steal games that they have no business mm-hmm. winning. And these are two sure. games here, Atlanta and Carolina, where they could have gotten in and stolen these games. And yeah, I, I just, I, I guess, yeah, they didn't. Yeah, it, that, that's really interesting that you bring that up, Chris. And Jeremy, I want to kind of hear your perspective on it. But I truly think that if the Lions deserve to steal either one of these games, definitely deserve to be the Atlanta game. Because even though Atlanta could run the football on them, which was something that Carolina did, um, Cam Newton played like flawless football. He played like thunder and lightning. Dude, Cam Newton absolutely decimated Detroit. But at the same time, Detroit, this was the game where I was like, you know what? This shit is fool's gold. Because the Lions pass rush was literally non-existent. Like it, it was nowhere to be found. APB, like on milk cartons, like there was no, there was nothing. Like there was a touchdown pass that Cam Newton had to Funchess in the in the red zone, where mm-hmm. like he had like six yep. seconds to throw the ball. Yep. And that and that was like, whoa, okay, hold on. I know Nada's out of the game, but like this is what we got to work with. It's like this isn't gonna cut it. Yeah, and I think that's gonna be a theme we're gonna see through the rest of the year, but I'm giving that word final word to Jeremy because I know he wants to weigh in. Yeah, I, I was just gonna mention like we're all kind of using the power of hindsight here and saying that we we noticed like this this might be fool's gold. Whether I mean, that's you got true the or not, podcast I mean, on record, you can go back yeah, and listen. That's true, but I, I'm just saying, uh, and I don't remember if it's true or not for me. I feel like it's true that I I was worried at this point, but it certainly was not true of the Lions fans because you, you look at this Panthers team. This was a team that just beat the Patriots on the road too the week before. Now they're four yep. and one. The Lions' two losses are now to a four and one team, and whatever the Falcons were at that point. I think the Falcons started the slide at this point in the season. But I think everyone still felt pretty good about this team. I'm looking at the power rankings from the following week, and they're still a top ten team in everyone but ESPN. And of course, everyone liked to hate on ESPN at the time. So um, eighth in SB Nation, fourteenth ESPN, ninth Washington Post, eighth, ninth, tenth, tenth, sixth. So they're they're still considered a top ten team here. 
I was still pretty optimistic about the team, but I certainly was worried, especially about By the, the way, defense. At this point, the Falcons are three and one. They're on a bye during okay. the Carolina game. Yeah. So, so yeah. They're gonna start to sink a little bit. Um sure. which obviously puts the, the Lions loss there in into perspective. But I think the most frustrating thing for Lions fans about this game is just it's another one of those high profile games against a good opponent, this time at home, and the Lions couldn't squeak it out. Um, the Lions just have so few wins against really good teams, and this was an opportunity that, that was lost, and they looked outclassed. Yeah, they did. They looked outclassed, and just more than not, they just gave, they gave up the opportunity to kind of steal it late. All right, we're out of the way back machine. I'm speeding it up this time. Uh, next week's going to be even less fun, because I think this the next week is where the, the uh, shit really uh, hits the HVAC unit. And things start to get really, really bad. We're taking a break and we're coming right back with the mailbag. Stick around. Hey, sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get in your questions. Every week we do this. The mailbag for you, the fans. Jeremy, we start with the reviews. We had one review pissing me off last week. So let's see if we can get this turned around. Um, you're going to need, we have no need reviews? to take a couple. We're, you're going to need to take a couple deep breaths here, Chris. Okay. We do have two reviews, but. Um, uh, take yeah, my find, rating. Find a, find a yoga guru or something while I'm reading these um, because. <laughs> um, I'll, you know what? I'll let Ryan comment on these. <laughs> he's always silent during these, and this is usually where he zones out. So, Ryan, you have to weigh in out on everything Jeremy says. <laughs> All right. Our okay, I'm review, listening. Our first review comes from <laughs> NC Lions Fan 23. Five star review says the Youthful Lions podcast. I've wanted to write a review for the better part of a year now, and after the threat of pro wrestling being brought up, I felt that there was no better time like the present. I decided to name this review the Useful Lions Podcast because I appreciate the references and opinions that some other Lions podcasts are unable to share. I love the content that you all put out, specifically your thoughts on the NFL draft and the new segment, The Way Back Machine, that has been an interesting Lions reflection. That was Chris's idea, by the way. I feel like I have to mention that for what's coming. Um, I want to give a shout out to Jeremy for his incredibly con- 
contemplative and thoughtful takes that continue to leave me thinking about my own opinions long after I listen to the latest episode. I appreciate Ryan's comic relief, and he too provides considerate takes. That being said, I have a hard time listening to the less than adequate host Chris, who babbles at length when reciting his opinion and forgets slash neglects Lions factoids at least one to two times a show. Overall, I love the podcast and crave the lion, the great Lions content as a fan in the utter solitude that is North Carolina. Keep up the good work. What's your thoughts on that one, Ryan? <laughs> okay. I'm going to keep All doing right. the yoga then. I, I uh, guess I can't. I, you know what? I ceded responsibility to Ryan, so I can't even comment on it. I thought it was fair, but you know what? I'm not allowed to comment. Go on. I just, I just, I just, I just opened a cold one. Well, I did. Uh, second review, one star oh, from GHGJAMN and someone who just made up a username to, to shit on our podcast, I guess. Uh, poor knowledge from host is the title. The other contributors are great and educated. However, the host is consistently uninformed and seems to not know much about football. Get a different host. This podcast is good half the time. When the host doesn't talk, it's good. <laughs> uh, hey, Chris, I'm weighing yeah. in right now. Um, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade you for the world, bud. We'll see about that. Trade windows coming up. <laughs> The trade deadline is quickly approaching, and it's, it's either you or it's either you or the space force. <laughs> okay, let's get to the mailbag because we actually have some good questions this time. Christy Gibbons asking us if EA Sports puts you in the new Madden game, what would your highest rated and lowest be? Your highest rated and lowest rated stats. <laughs> Ooh, I like that question a lot. By the way, Madden coming back to PC. Thank you. Oh, that's pretty cool. Is it free? Uh, <laughs> does it does it have a battle royale mode? <laughs> <laughs> Football battle royale. Let's pitch this out. <laughs> Finally, okay, might have something right. to write about now. So, so get this. There's a storm approaching. <laughs> um. I uh, I think my highest rated was it highest and lowest rated attribute. Yeah. Uh, lowest rated attribute would probably be maybe like route running. I feel like that's way too technical, and I couldn't get that down if I spent the next like six months training on it. Uh, my highest rating though would be they don't have a grit rating, otherwise that would be it. Uh, <laughs> But number one, uh, awareness. I'd have like a 90 awareness rating. Awareness is absolutely my lowest. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. I think we can end that question there. All right. Will McPhee. (laughs) Wow. If Kawhi Leonard became a lion, where would he play? Small forward for the Detroit Pistons. The lion, Ryan. Yeah, no. The, the lions would loan him out to Detroit. The Pistons. Nope. Nope. Okay. No way. Stop it. Don't even do this. We can't talk about Kawhi Leonard. What about LeBron? Where would LeBron play? Did we already talk about this? I think we did. I wanted him at tight end. Him or Gronk? 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. In, in stereo. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's go two tight end set here. Come on. Lebr- Lebron-, Lebron-, Lebron doesn't lose time to injury. That's all I'm saying. He also doesn't have a horse, though. Nice. And he's also not Fiesta. He's not. Um, debatable. Hamza asking us, who is your favorite World Cup underdog? I don't, dude, I don't want to out myself right now, but I will. Go on. I, I, I haven't watched a single lick of the World Cup because I yeah. just don't care. I mean, it's, it's, when, you're at, it's when you're teaching, so I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, can I even call Mexico a, oh, an, an underdog? I don't think I can. I don't think you can after Ice Cube tweeted out about them. <laughs> I mean, said, didn't he say? Didn't he say like tequila shots on Ice Cube? That would be great. But no, I mean, like they they were they beat Germany. Germany had does not lose World Cup openers. Yeah, I mean they're the returning champs, and that yeah, and Mexico fans were going nuts and hilar- in hilarious fashion. I think that was the most fun match to watch in terms of upsets. Obviously, I think. Portugal, Portugal, Spain was the best opening round match so far. Sure, yeah, but, absolutely. But Mexico, Germany was the most fun. I think. Um, I'm not rooting for England in anything, so they can go piss off. Those um, wankers. I don't. I just don't like England. English soccer just pisses me off for whatever reason. I, I mean, besides that, like Iceland is fun, right? But they're not going to do anything. Yeah, I think Mark- I think Iceland is kind of like the uh, the fan favorite, the underdog favorite. I, mean, I didn't watch it would be match. there too, but I think Iceland, just because of how they got in, that yeah. is appealing to North Americans, I guess. I'm just trying to think of a realistic underdog who I could see going far. And uh, I, besides, you know, I, and again, it's got to be Mexico. Yeah, it's Mexico. I don't care if they're not considered an underdog by some. It's Mexico. Yeah, fair enough. I know that makes me a Team American trader or something, but you guess what? I usually root for Italy. Can't do that. <laughs> Can't do that to me. Oh, what you got? What you got? What you got? All right. Let's get you the next question. Uh, any more thoughts on the World Cup before I get to the next question? No? No? Okay, good. Here comes the next one from SoCold98. Why is Jonathan Hankins unsigned? <laughs> We've gotten this question every week. I haven't read it every week, but <laughs> I, I, I save it, it every third week. Uh... There's a few reasons. One, because he had no reason to sign during OTAs and minicamp because he probably didn't want to go since OTAs and minicamp are mostly about conditioning and why would Jonathan Hankins want to sign with the team to run a whole bunch? Because as we learned from certain writers, everyone starts to turn on their coach when they make him run. Uh, he's probably <laughs> asking for too much. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's one of those like Anquan Bolton type things where like he probably has a deal in place and he's just not worrying about it at this point. It'll happen. But the Lions haven't signed him and I don't think they will sign him. Ryan. Ricky, Ricky Jean Francois, that's the real question. Why haven't the Lions signed Ricky Jean Fran- Francois yet? I know. I said, Why don't you write about it? Because I write six things a day. What are you writing about, Chris? Writing resumes. You only got to write one of those. Cover letters, then. <laughs> you aren't that guy that sends out the cover letters that 
it's the exact same except for like every word that's like i change your I company so and so and then you forget to change it one I time and you blow your chances to that did happen to me once. I do try to add like a personal note, like a personal paragraph about what I know, but I do try to work. I've been trying to work off a better and better template because it just takes me a long fucking time to write these things. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's done the whole like, oops, I forgot to change the template thing at least once in their job career search. I misspell a lot of stuff in my resume. Then I don't yep. catch that until a few months later. <laughs> Why are you looking at month old applications? It's my same resume. Oh. And I pull up the old resume. I'm like, oh, it says employment history here twice. <laughs> Classic. Classic inadequacies. Mm-hmm. All right. What else we got here? Kind of light on the mailbag questions. I got a question here about Kellen Winslow Jr., and I'm not going to read it. Uh, probably not uh, where we want to go there. <laughs> no, I'm good on that story where it is yeah yeah um jason ingers ingersoll i'm sorry if i'm screwing that up uh who would win in the pod staff name bracket so if we make a name bracket challenge mm-hmm. out of our the staff names i like that i like that question especially since the name bracket is kicking off this week just released the field of all 64 competitors who i have win? the finals i know who the I, finals I, are I, I have, I think I have the one who's going to win, but I want to hear Ryan's finals. See if my guy's in. Uh, Kyle Yost versus Kent. No, no, I'm going with Jerry Mallory. I, I like Jerry uh, Mallory too. I like Jerry Mallory, Kentley Platty. That's a pretty good one. Kentley Platty is very good. Kyle Yost also belongs there because you have the symmetry of a four-letter first name, uh-huh. four-letter last name, but they're so like just like not. Like it's Kyle and then Yost. Like what? Yost Yost works well too because he's a Michigan yeah. he's a Michigan fan and Yost has yes. some history with Michigan. Layers, too. layers, True. like ogre. He'd make the final four. I think the last final four might go to Andrew Cotto. I like the last name because it's like, oh, you're thinking Kato oh, King. Dude, nope. dude, I left out Cotto. That's unfortunate. And I mean, you know what? Perfet and Reno, not bad last names either. Yeah, Reno's everyone needs to work. Everyone needs to work on their first names, though. We we got a weak first name crew. I can always change my first name like I changed my last name. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's. Can we brainstorm right now? Yeah, I got one. Space Force Perfect. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How about F. Sean? <laughs> F. Sean. F. Sean, just go down the Rolodex with Sean's. I know my dad wanted to call me Zachary when I was born. That was unfortunate. I kind of, I kind of like Zachary as a name. I can't deal with that. You kind of like Wonder Bread too. Well, speaking of that, the next question we have here from Why Not the Lions: What do you use in your PBNJs? <laughs> That's a great. Um, <laughs> I'm the man, dude. I am so good at this. Um. That just knocked down my awareness rating because I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> if I, um, I don't know. Do you guys do PBJs? Not really. No. I mean, I'll do some peanut butter now and then, but I think peanut butter butter like has been. Just, I, I I get. I've been starting to get some acid reflux, so I'm trying to watch what I eat. And peanut butter is one of those things that definitely uh, kicks it off. Crunchy peanut yeah, I mean, butter. Crunchy peanut yeah. butter. Strawberry jelly. Strawberry? Jam, yep. 
Yep, in inside corn a tortilla, tortilla, right? Corn tortilla. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Kelly <laughs> boy. All right. Last Not question so here. Last question here from AA Ron. Aaron Thompson. By the way, I think I show this to Ryan and Jeremy now. Uh, E3 was over last weekend, and I believe I show both y'all the uh, Keegan-Michael K skit for Skyrim. Okay, yes, never mind. Yes, yes, it's yes, going quieter. Okay, okay. Anyway, let me get back to A.A. Ron here, Aaron Thompson. If you could have a do-over of any single roster move that Bob Quinn has made, what would you change and why? That is a really good question, too. It's, it's been so young. It's only, well, it's been three off seasons now, right? Yep. I don't see any, like, major blunders. I mean, I'm still a little bummed out that DeAndre Levy isn't part of the team, so I'd probably pick that one, even though I completely understand it. And, I mean, the guy still doesn't have a team, and his career's probably over. But, man, he's a guy that I just loved being a lion. I loved him being part of the team for his outspokenness. I loved his play on the field when he was healthy. I understand he's probably never going to be healthy enough to play again. Or maybe he's he's kind of getting blackballed too. I don't know, but that's that's the move that hurt me the most that he made. It's too easy and too in character for me to, for me to t- talk about Eric Ebron, is it? I don't think we, so. We've talked we've talked about it before though that we think we we there's a good potential that people are going to regret the Eric Ebron move. But uh no, I'm looking at his draft. I'm trying to remember what um I mean man, last year's draft, the 2017 draft, there were a lot of times where I wish uh things could have fallen a bit different and we got in Kareem Hunt. Sure. Like some Kareem of those some of those like mid rounds were kind of really weird for um for the Lions. Yeah, I yeah, know. I think Kareem Hunt over T Staber would be a solid choice. Or but even or even uh Jared Davis versus uh who who else was in oh Ruben Foster. Never mind. <laughs> well Well, he, I mean you you can you 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 could make the argument for Zach Cunningham from Houston. Oh yeah, he, sure. And what about the what about the twenty fifteen what about the uh yeah, the twenty sixteen draft? 16. I think hmm? Um, I don't know. Was there anything necessarily? That, I don't think there was a blunder amongst Eckert necessarily. Was Taylor some, Decker really probably the best thing you could have gotten out of it? I guess Miles Killebrew might be the biggest thing, but now you're talking about fourth round picks and yeah, I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna quibble with late round picks. I mean, I, I I can't believe nobody's talked about this yet because I'm not too sure. It's like a 100% Bob Quinn thing, but Alvin Johnson? Yeah, see, for me, I, I think at that point, I think Calvin Johnson was on his way out, so I'm not really putting that on Quinn, but... It's not it really definitely... a roster move, either. He didn't yeah. Uh, I mean, it is money that's on the books, is it not? I guess. And, I mean, if Rod Wood is truly, like, not a football guy... And he's a business guy. Isn't he leaning on Bob Quinn when it comes to money stuff a little bit? Like when it comes to like how this is going to impact the franchise going forward? Like what do we need to necessarily recoup from him? Yeah. yeah. I, get, 
well, I, I may be nitpicking, but I'm just saying, I, I guess if I'm, if I'm, and that may be a testament to how well I think Bob Quinn has done. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't know one what of, to really do there. One of the, the weirdest, dumbest moves I think he made, but it, it was such a minor blip that I wouldn't put it on this list, but I think maybe is worth talking about. Is Say the Andrew, Andrew Corliss signing. Oh, I was gonna yes. Sorry, yeah, about that. Like it it wasn't it wasn't worth all the fuss, right? Yeah, it was no, no it, it was wasn't. a bad PR move. The guy never played. They knew he was gonna get suspended, I think, and it was just zero wild. tolerance. <laughs> just months after you said the zero tolerance thing. And I mean he to his credit, he owned up to his mistake. He said I should have never said that. But Yeah, but I guess the thing for me was like again at that point you just start doing due diligence, but now we're back to the Matt Patricia thing. So That's an awful note to leave this podcast. <laughs> is it? You want to argue about some food some more? What are you going to miss? What food are you going to miss the most in LA? Ooh, that's a good question. Not ramen and back in 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 Detroit. Ann Arbor, maybe. I, I could bet Ann Arbor's got some good ramen spots, but mm. not, not as good for certain. Ramen is is definitely high on the list. Yeah, ramen's probably number one on the list, to be honest. It's a kind way of saying that you're leaving me. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff, he's been great. He gave us Victory Monday, so go check him out. That's I Am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. 
Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Anthropic. 